0: This audio is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton,
1: originally airing on SiriusXM. You're listening to Mastering Innovation on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. Hello and welcome back. I'm Saika Choudhury, Executive Director of the Mac Institute for Innovation Management and a Professor of Management here at Wharton. You're listening to Mastering Innovation on SiriusXM's Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. I'm pleased to welcome to the show my next guest, James Lewis. James co-founded and leads 1110 Innovation Partners as CEO, where he and his team work with Fortune 500 companies and high-potential startups to prepare for the future. Today, James and his team oversee the direction and operation of the Emory Healthcare Innovation Hub. James, thanks, you, thanks so much for joining the show today.
0: No, thank you so much for having me. I'm a big listener and excited to be a part of what you guys are doing. So really appreciate it.
1: Wonderful, wonderful. Then you have a little bit of a sense of what this show is already about. That's good. That's good. I wanted to start uh, by just asking you a little bit about 1110 and your work there. Why did you found this organization? What's its mission? And, And we'll get into that. And then, of course, we'll go and spend much of our time on the Emory Healthcare Innovation Hub.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, that's that's a good question, and the story of why I'm here and, and why we founded this organization is really a, a crosswalk of my personal and professional story. So, you know, the the professional story is very standard. I started my career working for a large Fortune 100 organization and their finance organization in corp dev. Um, ended up helping them start what they called the strategic innovations group, where I got the first taste of bringing together. Uh, the public sector, the private sector, and early-stage companies to create something great. And then uh, from there, I went and got my MBA and studied alternative investments with a focus around how to de-risk those investments, and then spent five years working for a high-net-worth family on their VC side. And through that concept, kind of one thing stuck out is that the role of innovation is really collaborative. And then it's not just about early-stage companies. It's about engaging regulators and engaging industry uh, into academia to really create something great and to solve tangible problems. And so that was, that was really academic and professional. Uh, Fast-forwarding back, when I was 15 years old, I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease and got uh, very, very sick from that. And the traditional path was really to, uh, to go through the traditional healthcare system and, and the pharma groups and, and the different drugs they have there. And and I made a decision to change my lifestyle and really do that process differently and had a, had a big result from that. And that left a big impact on my life. So 10 years into my career, I started thinking through these concepts of, of what I'd learned for de-risking innovation and de-risking venture and, and got really passionate about how I could apply those to really transform health, wellness, food, and ag. Uh, So at the beginning or the end of 2017, uh, started 1110 Innovation Partners with a focus on how do we bring together some of the most influential companies in the world to tackle some of the most impactful problems in the world. Uh, and, and that's how we came to be.
1: Great. I want to ask you a couple of things based on what you said. But first of all, that name, 1110, what does that stand for?
0: Yeah, so uh, we get a lot of questions about that. 1110 is one plus one equals 10, because we really believe that true impact and true co creation has to be done collaboratively mm-hmm. and that everybody can, can function better together. So 1110 is a play on one plus one equals 10. And the old saying of one plus one equals three, we kind of took that to the next level.
1: Love it. Now, in terms of, give me an example of some of the organizations you're partnering with. I, I loved how you set it all up and uh, how you really want to unlock the potential of these firms by working with them. But it sounded like in very novel ways. Give me an example of a, of a project that you've done.
0: Yeah, well, let me first say, I mean, the way we set it up is that folks join our program into a consortium and there's a shared budget for identifying and, and ing- identifying problems and opportunities and then engineering solutions to those opportunities and so we brought everyone together so that these organizations could could work collaboratively so that in, instead of forming a ad hoc solution we're forming comprehensive solutions that make an impact from day one some of the companies we're working with to do that are uh, share care which is a digital uh, wellness platform uh, based here in atlanta and they've made a huge impact on uh, government insurers and self-insured employers. We have Cerner, the large EMR company, Stryker, as everybody knows, the device company, Uh, Konica Minolta, Nova Nordisk, and Philips are just some of the ones we are working with. Um, And so, you know, if you talk about an example of how all those things fit together, um, when, you, when you think of Konica Minolta, tr- traditionally, they're not one of the big names in medicine, but they're really one of the major innovators in imaging. Mm-hmm. So what we've done with them is uh, take their X-ray technology and help them create an X-ray in motion. And we placed the first uh, X-ray in motion technology into the orthopedics organization and are now exploring ways that you can take those X-rays that are moving and start to build in intelligence to predict things like joint replacement and wear and tear. And as you can imagine, other partners in the program uh, are, are interested in that. Another area that we've had success, and I, and I need to say, you know, there's three really ways we engage these partners. Mm-hmm. We, build them R, we build them an R&D roadmap for research projects. Uh, we help them partner with early-stage companies to accelerate that development. And then we incubate new technologies. Uh, And just in the past 12 months, we've worked between two of the partners to incubate a new imaging platform that uses artificial intelligence to size implantable devices. And so what what are the implications of that? If you take brain aneurysms today, roughly 20 to 30 percent of the stents and the flow diverters they put in are the wrong size. And so there's an immense cost to the system for sizing those and placing those. What we did is bring some of the imaging technology uh, in the program and some of the device players in our program, and build a f- platform that uses an- intelligence to isolate, uh, the, to isolate the region of the brain that needs the implantable, and then scale that against the inventory we have to, uh, to to size those to to build that algorithm for sizing. So, a lot of impactful projects. We have a pipeline of about 20 different projects, and about co- uh, three fourths of those uh, incorporate more than one partner on the projects.
1: A couple of important insights that I want to draw out for our listeners as well. It really reminds me of the Mac Institute, so uh, which is that you basically can get so much power out of an entire network uh, working on, on different problems. And the second is that, which is very close to my own uh, heart in terms of, um, well, I guess pun intended, but in terms of uh, my writings and research as well, external sources of innovation are powerful. All these companies have great R&D departments, but it's important to sometimes work with external parties whether it's a startup, whether it's an ecosystem of other sorts, um, or outsource some of the work um, or engage with you in some form, in order to stay on the cutting edge, you don't have to do everything yourself.
0: Yeah, look, I think that's a good point, and and we think external innovation is key, and we we always say we're leveraging the power and the resources of these ecosystems so that everybody can uh, innovate externally and collaboratively. And especially in healthcare, one of the big things we see is that uh, these corporations are doing a lot of cool R&D. They, they are spending a lot of money building the next generation of technology. Uh, adoption and, and usability of these technologies is really what is difficult. And so what we created is a user-friendly, efficient way for, for these companies to engage with industry and with academia so that they don't build these uh, new solutions in a vacuum. They build them with the end user in mind so that they are validated and can be adopted from day one. And, uh, you know, in some industries that certainly seems novel, but in healthcare that has made a big impact and we've been able to accelerate a lot of things that that did not exist before in a short period of time.
1: Yeah, so let's transition then to the Emory Healthcare Innovation Lab, which you're spending a lot of time on right now. Tell us a little bit more about that and what specifically you've been working on there.
0: Yeah, you know, I I did my MBA at Emory. Uh, Emory has always been uh, near and dear to the heart, being right here in Atlanta, and they're the leader in healthcare here in Atlanta. So, uh, when we started 1110 Innovation Partners, we really traveled all around the country to say, How can we build a very robust healthcare innovation program, and what does that look like? And so, uh, we looked at models that were really focused on attracting major corporates uh, for sponsored research. research. We looked, at, uh, up the, we looked at Mass General, who has a um, has a great, uh, I think it's Pulse Challenge, a great startup program where they're really good at picking winners. Uh, and, and we started sort of blended all those together to come up with the concept of the Emory Healthcare Innovation Hub. Um, but, you know, first we took that concept and took it to Emory and we met Dr. Scott Bowden, who is the chair of orthopedics and spine at Emory. And I can tell you, we've worked with a lot of clinicians and there are a few uh, few clinical minds as innovative as, as Dr. Bowden's. And so he felt like that the Southeast, particularly, was really lacking a footprint. And so he helped us uh, do everything we needed to do from an approval perspective to set up the Emory Healthcare Innovation Hub. And so what we built is we have an internal team at Emory that is continuously working between clinicians and administrators mm-hmm. to identify and quantify gaps in quality access, care, and cost. Mm-hmm. And so they are building packages to say, here is a gap in user experience, or here's a gap in care outcomes, or the sizing algorithm that came out of, uh, of one of the problems that we identified. Uh, and then our team, the 1110 team, is working with our industry partners that we named earlier to build product and corporate development roadmaps to say, what are the product dev teams working on in R&D, and what are the corp dev teams working on to find synergies to the business? And then we run an iterative process where we match those roadmaps of the corporations to the roadmaps of the academic medical center, Mm -hmm. and we use our team of engineers and data scientists to scope out how to solve those problems using the assets we have at our disposal. Uh, And so once we do that, that's a flowing list of projects, We prioritize them based on cost, complexity, and outcomes. Uh, And then we solicit those to the partners and put an economic model around it to say this is what it looks like in production. Mm -hmm. Sometimes those are just use cases at Emory. Sometimes those are use cases that are scaled beyond Emory. But having Emory, a very robust 10-hospital academic medical center, uh, validating these technologies and allowing their healthcare practitioners to provide input, to, these, to the development of these technologies, it de risks the process of developing them and, uh, and piloting them.
1: Well, wonderful. I, I want to remind our listeners um, that they're hearing Mastering Innovation on Business Radio on Sirius XM 132. I'm Saika Chodhi, and I'm really having a great conversation with James Lewis, who's CEO at 1110 Innovation Partners. Where he's spending a lot of time with different companies, uh, but especially overseeing the direction and operation of the Emory Healthcare Innovation Hub. Now, you mentioned a lot of interesting facets of how you've set this up, with aligning the interests of these stakeholders, sharing the product roadmaps, sharing the assets and the capabilities and the resources, and then uh, uh, developing through the ecosystem, uh, really these solutions. Very, very fascinable, fascinating, and it sounds so easy, but it can't be. Just working with our own healthcare system here at Penn. I know no, it's not always so easy to get everybody on board. How do you, what are the challenges you face and how do you overcome them?
0: Man, that's funny. I I will say we had this vision almost two years ago and about eight months into the vision. I was questioning if I was going to need to go back and get a uh, nine to five corporate job because it was incredibly (laughs) difficult. It was was certainly not something that happened overnight. Uh, I will give a shout out. I have two partners in 1110. Uh, Steve Gertz, who um, he is the connector of connectors. He knows everybody. He can he can make a vision real by his network. And he's done a great job at doing that and really was instrumental. And then our other partner, Kevin O'Connor, he runs a user design lab here in Atlanta. He has a legacy business. And so we brought all these folks together to build the program and couldn't have done it without them. But, you know, when you think of where we had to start, we first had to, A, convince Emory to, to give us a shot to build this with them and, and use their brand um, to, to validate these technologies, which was one thing, mm-hmm. and then all of the regulatory complexities of setting that up and the contractual complexities of setting that up is no small feat. So, we really had to put in a system where there was a, a shared risk system where we were allowed, or we are allowed to contract their healthcare practitioners in a meaningful way um, that has some shared benefit to everybody. So that was kind of the first hurdle, and then the second hurdle was having the partners invest capital up front with an unclear roadmap of what they were getting out of it, and then sharing their thoughts and ideas with other potentially competitors in the market. Uh, so, so, those were two hurdles that took, quite frankly, nearly a year to kind of overcome. Um, and then when we started to get some of the Fortune 100 names that we named, other folks came to us with project opportunities specifically for them. Uh, and now, to get folks in the program, it's more of a consultative sale, sale. We have problem opportunities, we have a project roadmap, and so we can go out and get the specific assets we need to complete that project. Um, but but this is very much a, a game of, of uh, it's, it's where science meets art, right? I mean, it, mm-hmm. these are very complex technologies. But the process of taking things that live in academia or live in R and D and getting them to where they have a commercially viable business model uh, for us has involved trips to Washington D.C. to have the right conversations with regulators. It's involved state and local government getting involved. It's involved uh, transferring and licensing IP. Uh, between partners and out of academia. And so we've developed a robust infrastructure of compliance and, uh, and, and legal architecture so that our partners can engage with each other securely and efficiently.
1: You identified so many issues that we also face. I mean, frankly, every university in particular um, on the IP front, then you're dealing with healthcare, so the risk part, and then the economic model, which is another way of saying that I also have to incentivize all parties. All of these are, are really critical, but it's remarkable how, you know, to be honest, a year is actually quite impressive for overcoming and surmounting these challenges. Most of these systems, if you look at all the major universities, have been struggling for years to try and get that in order. So really hats off to you and your team and the partners that you found for being able to make progress on that front.
0: Man, I, I appreciate that. And we do we do find time to kind of step back and look at what has been built. But we really got to give hats off to, to Emory Healthcare and their forward-looking leadership, all the way from CEO uh, John Lewin. Um, you know, down to the nurses and the administrators and, and everyone else that's involved, because they have really adopted this, mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and and honestly, it's an engagement tool for them because they enjoy working on these cutting edge projects, and they like to see some of these big or, big organizations bringing innovation to to Atlanta to to, to be worked on at Emory. Mm-hmm. And then we also have to give kudos to our partners because they have done a unbelievable job at adopting the program and utilizing the assets that we have. Um, you know, one of the big draws, as I mentioned, we do have a living lab co-creation facility where we bring in healthcare practitioners and we watch how they interact with devices and technology. And so having that during the design and R&D process was a big draw. Um, and and it's really redefined the way folks are, are creating their their new products and services.
1: So uh, you touch upon both strategic aspects, but now also organizational aspects. How do you get these people to participate uh, when you've got an industry like healthcare, which is so set in its ways on how things should be done? How do you get them to participate in a lab like that?
0: Yeah, you know, it it varies, but I would say it's a very consultative process. I mean, innovation by definition is broad but these companies have to justify their ROI and they have to justify their spend. And, and, you know, I know the way our, our economy works and I I understand and respect that. And because of that, we don't take them, you know, we don't treat this as if it's a sponsorship opportunity. We treat this as you are joining a program. We're going to accelerate a product roadmap. And for each partner, before they join the program, we identify one or two areas that we can really action. So we have a, partner in the program that has aspirations in solving for obesity across the entire spectrum of obesity mm-hmm. before they joined the before they joined the program we laid out what digital engagement and wellness programs for obesity look like we laid out a pharmacologic roadmap that we could work on on obesity and so by the by the time they're in the program we've satisfied so many requirements on their, uh, you know, on their R and D roadmap, that it really makes it wouldn't make sense for them not to join the program. So it's a very consultative process that takes uh, that takes you know two way. It takes bi directional uh, collaboration between the healthcare system and the partner to to find that common
1: ground so that we can succeed. Are there any limits on your scalability?
0: yeah you know we we talk a lot about that. If you would have asked me that eight months ago, I would have said we are staffed out, and we can't do much more. <laughs> um, we in the past six six to eight months, we've made some incredible hires and we got some some great folks in the program. I think you know our limits to scalability with the Emory program is probably capped between ten to fifteen partners because that is um, you know the, there's only so many clinical resources that can be handled at Emory. however, we have uh, started to work with our partners at other healthcare systems. So what we do is once we spin up a new project, we take it to other healthcare systems, either in the state or out of the state, and we try and continue the momentum. You know, that's the first thing. And then, you know, the big opportunity for us, which we quite frankly weren't expecting is when there are gaps in the market uh, for technologies, I mentioned the imaging algorithm that that we developed, you know, we ended up, we end up incubating those technologies so we work with our partners and they sometimes make seed investments into technologies that we incubate so you know it is it is time will tell what our firm will be we love the emory healthcare innovation of and that is that is the premier program we have now um but but the incubator is firing off and we have a lot of good projects in there so i think our scalability is is Problem at a time and solving each problem and, and the more we can solve and the bigger we can make our team uh, the bigger impact we can have on the uh, on the industry
1: no, it's great to hear and by the way I I love how passionate you are about Atlanta and Emory and creating that I mean that's really good you know we we need to create more of these uh, uh, tech hubs and clusters and, and you're certainly making a contribution on that front as well um, to put it on the map
0: yeah let, let me talk a little bit about that I mean sure. you know it I will say that was a big push to come back to Atlanta and be in the southeast to, um, to do this program because we have, a you know, it's no surprise to anyone that there is a lot of health issues in Atlanta. I talk about obesity and diabetes and heart disease. In, in the southeast and the areas surrounding Atlanta, that is the premier area where those problems are happening. And so our firm is not only focused on engaging consumers into their health, we have aspirations in uh, wellness, and, and Sharecare has been a key partner in that. And, and in my opinion, they're one of the premier technologies for engaging consumers into their wellness. And we also work with some of the major players in food, uh, developing uh, custom food products that, that are based on gut profiles and the microbiome. So we spend a lot of time doing that. Uh, and, and on our roadmap, we're working with some some indoor farms to bring Uh, more fresh food resources and agriculture resources to atlanta so that we can have those more readily available in our food deserts so our firm when you say we're passionate we are very passionate we want to make georgia healthier we want to make it one of the healthiest um, states in the nation but beyond that we want economically viable solutions that we can scale to other states and uh and and really make an impact
1: Wonderful. So uh, in something like 20 seconds, I have uh, one more question. You know, you've chosen a different path, rather unconventional path, left this typical corporate or consulting or finance type stuff. Um, What's one piece of advice you would give to our MBAs?
0: Uh, I would say never give up. I mean, you got to you got to have a vision and you got to have a passion and then you got to surround yourself with folks uh, who can enable that. So, um, you know, something my partners have done a good job with me on is, I'm very uh, science-oriented, right? I like it mm-hmm. grounded in a good financial model and a pitch, whereas my partners started to put me in front of folks who could really make an impact. And really the value of relationships and collaboration and networking has been key. So I take oh, note of those you. events to get out there meet people.
1: Great. Thank you so much, James, for joining me on the show.
0: Hey, I really enjoyed it and uh, look forward to getting you guys down to Atlanta to show you some of the stuff we have going on.
1: For more guest interviews,
0: check out our Wharton Business Radio Highlights podcast on iTunes and Google Play.